The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Here we go. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I always say that, but explain your role to me, Percy. Yes, within the capacity of that title, I oversee all of uh, the public outreach, communications, and interactions that we have as an organization with the faith community. And part of that responsibility uh, is one of those items is that we have uh, public uh, avenues of conversation, health, hope, and inspiration. Mm -hmm. This particular platform is one of those mediums that allows us to speak to the faith community, nurture and empower the faith community with uh, messages and stories and interviews of hope and inspiration that is tied back to a clinical experience of cancer. The second uh, lane and avenue of expression within the context of my job title is uh, overseeing and managing the Our Journey of Hope Cancer Care Leadership Training Program, Mm -hmm. where we train pastors and spiritual leaders and lay leaders uh, literally now around the world on how to go back and start cancer care ministries at their local churches, all free of charge as a community education uh, from the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. So, and I also have a dotted line relationship with all of our five regional pastoral care uh, departments at all of our local hospitals. Quite a responsibility, but did you see this coming years ago? I mean, where did you start? You know, that's a that's a great question. Uh, in the very beginning, I, I quite frankly had not much of a concept of either of of really what hospital pa- uh, chaplaincy was. And, and, and was hesitant initially to enter into this space. Uh, I had my mind fixated on the idea of being a parish-based pastor. Uh, that's uh, the background that I came from as a third-generation uh, minister on my mom's side of the family. And I went to school and trained to be a pastor, started my own local church. And God had another idea. And God basically <laughs> shifted that around in ways that to this day still has my head spinning to a certain extent. <laughs> but I could not have imagined to answer the question more specifically in my wildest imagination, what uh, I now have been able to do and am still doing uh, within the 24-year career that I've had of outreach to literally churches and the faith community around the world with regard to health care, medicine, science, spirituality, and faith. Yeah, well, you're doing a great job, and we love what you bring to the table here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Thank you. Let's talk about what's ahead today. Well, with that, we're going to hear from a nurse, and we love nurses. I want to say it again. We love nurses. We (laughs) love nurses. Because sometimes I think nurses do not receive all of the accolade and pat on the backs that they deserve. And I think they're the backbone of any healthcare institution uh, who do a lot of the yeoman's work. Uh, you know, we always talk about physicians and doctors, and they're super important, and we love and respect them. But where would we be, and how many of us uh, have fond memories, or in some cases, maybe not so fond memories, of engagement and encounters with a nurse in a healthcare environment? Mm-hmm. We're going to hear from a nurse who has a heart of goal and compassion 
kind, sweet, and who loves the Lord, who also had to work through her own challenges with regard to cancer and how she continued and continues to stay faithful to the Lord in her capacity of work. We'll hear her story as we meet our guest in just a few moments on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our website, uh, those four words, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And when you go there, you can download a free resource called Integrative Cancer Care. We hear the term integrative care a lot. Let's define what that means. Well, if you just really pause to think about what it means to integrate anything, that means to bring together in a combination thereof. And in that context, with that definition, we are specifically talking about uh, clinical care uh, that is being combined as a support, uh, fancy word adjunct, uh, (laughs) to uh, with, um, uh, in some cases, uh, mental support, uh, emotional support. Uh, nutritional support, naturopathic support. So it all works together. And, of course, spiritual care support. There you go. So when you take those disciplines, those schools of thought, and you merge them and marry them together and combine them as a support with good clinical care or medical care, uh, that's called integrative care or integrative medicine or integrative support services. And so there's been a lot of conversation in the marketplace, Wayne, about integrative care, integrative medicine that has meant a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Yeah, I think people have a lot of questions about it, and that's why we put this resource together. Yeah, but from a Cancer Treatment Centers of America perspective, it is simply the ability to provide or allow those other supportive services to be accompanied with good clinical care to allow people to manage, in many cases, some of the rigors and possible negative side effects while receiving their clinical, uh, uh, while receiving their clinical care in a clinical environment. Right. Well, you may have your own questions about integrative cancer care. That's why we want you to download this free resource, Integrative Cancer Care, at healthhopeandinspiration.com. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling this number, 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Just before we turn to our guest, why don't you open the Word of God for us? Well, this scripture today, very familiar passage of scripture, scripture will help frame this discussion when we talk about God works uh, for all things for our good and how God can use cancer for our good. Romans 8, 28. And we know, not that we guess, not we're supposing. We know. And we know, or we should know, that all things, not some things, not a few things, work together for the good of them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. Today, we're going to hear from a young lady who uh, uh, exemplifies and epitomizes the reality of this scripture in her own personal life as she continues to trust and believe in God. Let's listen together as Percy sat down recently to talk with Eileen. Well, with me today is Eileen Stansel, who is a, um, a former breast cancer patient. 
who also is a former stakeholder or uh, employee at Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, is here with us today. And it's so good to have you with us, dear. Thank you for being on the show. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Well, no, the honor truly is all ours. Having said that, uh, you have some interesting background with regard to your experience with cancer. First and foremost, uh, you are now a former employee or stakeholder, as we like to call them at CTCA. And your uh, capacity when you worked at CTCA is that you were a nurse educator. Is that correct? That is. And so for individuals who may not know exactly what a nurse educator does or what did you do in the capacity at CTCA in Atlanta, what, uh, tell us a little bit about nurse education and what were some of the duties that you had. Um, I did some patient education, but it was mostly staff education, ah. sort of staff development. So I worked with all the new hires, um, mostly the clinical staff, mm -hmm. to just orient them to our um, processes, our um, policies, our equipment, um, just our way of doing things. Okay. And how important... From your perspective, I don't think that the average person thinks of staff education from a nursing perspective. How important is it for staff to be educated on all of the things that you just oh, articulated? It is so important. Um, it really, um, for me, it was a blessing because I felt like I could pour into um, uh, people, uh, my, my own <laughs> people. Okay. They don't feel alone. They understand the process. They know where to go to get help. They understand how to use the equipment. They just feel, um, they, they meet, um, they learn the building, they meet the staff, yep. and they know what's expected, and they just know where to get help. And so as a nurse educator, yeah, you are, it sounds like you're very important to the staff in general, and obviously to a certain degree with some education to uh, to um, patients and so on and so forth. But what's interesting about your story is one of the reasons why you are now a former employee or stakeholder of Cancer Treatment Centers of America is the fact that you at, at some point in the midst of being uh, working is that you were yourself diagnosed with your own battle of cancer. Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, yes. Um, actually, before I was diagnosed, um, CTCA grew so much in Atlanta. And um, I had started to feel that I was spending too many hours here and I, that my I wasn't spending enough time with my family. And so I started to already have that desire that I need to pull back a little bit. Mm -hmm. In the midst of that, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. And so also mm -hmm. being diagnosed as cancer with with cancer yourself, your she, mother also is yes, now diagnosed. Yes, she had breast cancer and she was um, diagnosed um, and passed away within two months of mm, diagnosis. I am so sorry. Uh, my that. my father had been diagnosed 13 years earlier of leukemia. Wow. And so um, through that process, I basically decided that um, I needed to quit my job because I could not find a part-time position that, that would work for me. And mm. so I just thought since both parents had passive cancer, I would have some genetic counseling done. Okay. And I did that, and it was recommended to me to have an MRI of my breast. And um, I. So your mom was diagnosed with cancer before you were diagnosed that's with right, cancer. That's right. That's okay. right. And so when I, I just, I had just had a mammogram two weeks earlier. Wow. And the mammogram was completely negative. Um, I'm very proactive. I get um, annual physicals, and I get had a mammogram every year mm. for eight years, mm -hmm. all of them negative. But when I had the MRI done, 
um, it showed that I had extensive breast cancer. Interesting. And um, that was a shock. It was a surprise finding nobody expected. Um, and what we realized was that my tissue, my breast was very dense, and I learned that dense tissue can actually hide cancer. And I've heard that and before. Yes, it's very interesting. Yes, I was not aware of that. And so when they do an MRI, they extract that density, and the cancer shows up. Okay. And so it was pretty extensive across the left breast. They said that I would not be able to have a lumpectomy, that I would need to have a mastectomy. Okay. And, um, but catching it at that time was, was life-saving for me. Okay. So interesting. So you're, you're working at, at, at a cancer facility, and you're a nurse educator, and you love the job and the work that you do. Yes. And uh, how long have you been a nurse as I've a I've been whole? almost 25 years So now. you've been in the nursing field for 25 years. You start working at this new facility that opens up in the Atlanta area and has this tremendous growth. And then, lo and behold, shortly thereafter, your mom is diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And you really begin to feel like, and I think this is an important point, because there may be someone listening to this show right now who may be in a very similar situation of they need to make some life choices with regard to work, life balance, dealing mm-hmm. with things that are going on with other family members, in this case, your mom, and then you you deciding that you need to kind of throttle back and pull back a little bit. Yes. And so then shortly thereafter, I'm assuming then you yourself are diagnosed yes. with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Uh, you go through, and again, you talk about uh, the fact that I'm assuming that you had um, some surgery done. Yes, I chose to have a bilateral mastectomy. Mm-hmm. They could have just taken one, but I had already had a lump in the other breast. Okay. And I and with my mother's history, history. I just thought it'd be best to do both. <laughs> okay. So you had so. again some pretty extensive surgery, yes. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, as a result of that. Uh, here you are today and first, you know, and, and, and when people have an opportunity to hear the show, they'll, we'll have a little headshot of you. You look fantastic. <laughs> you look you. healthy <laughs> and happy. And, um, what are you currently doing now? Well, it's, it's interesting with having cancer. I know that, um, cancer did not catch God by surprise no. and he has a purpose for everything that yeah. he allows in our life. And so I um, wondered if he wanted me to stay here because now as a cancer, um, someone who's experienced that, I can see it from a different perspective. Um, One of the things I learned was that all the the things that I told my father and my mother to comfort them, um, when you actually go through it, it's Mm. completely different. You get a whole different perspective. And I thought how empty those those things were that I thought were so helpful. Mm. Um, So, you know, I just wondered if God was going to use that to minister the patients here and open that avenue since I was already still here. Um, And I just put it before the Lord. Um, Emotionally, it was very difficult. I found that that when people started telling me their stories, it was hitting a little close to home. Sure. And and I, I remember even having to stop someone and just apologize to them because it was just more than I could bear. Mm. So um, I just prayed and God opened the door for um, for me to actually go back to a previous job. Okay. I, I asked the Lord to show me where he wanted me. And um, out of the blue, I got a call from a former employer that I had not been there for 15 years and just asking me if I would like to come back to work for them. Okay. And um, I knew that I wanted to work part time. And they said it 
happens to be part time. Okay. And so I just knew that it was the Lord's leading. So you're you're back in yes. the field of nursing then. Yes, I continued. Okay. I never left that. And um, I work with heart patients now. Ah. But I use my experience to help them because I learned a lot through it. Yeah. As far as the importance of prevention. Yes. Um, and I work in cardiac rehab with patients who've had heart attacks and help them to know prevention. And many of those patients have experienced cancer too. Absolutely. So I get to help them in both avenues. Well, it's interesting. We've interviewed on the show here, Dr. Bill Glass, who is a cardiologist here at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. So uh, connecting those two you know, worlds together, there's a mm-hmm. connection there. And obviously that's the world that you're in today. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, um, you, you've moved forward. You're still in nursing. You, you've gone, you've, you've kind of, you know, come full circle, you know, 20 years as a nurse, uh, you work in an oncology facility, uh, then your mom is diagnosed with cancer and then mm-hmm. subsequently, unfortunately, passed away. You then yourself are diagnosed with cancer and then you have some extensive surgery done. Let's talk about the role of faith for you. First of all, on a personal level, how important is that to you and how has that, how did that help you and how has that sustained you? And then thirdly, how important do you think faith is in a clinical environment to people who are dealing with cancer or life-threatening sicknesses and diseases? Oh, you might have to remind me of some of those questions. First but. question is, how important <laughs> is your faith to you? Um, it is my life. It is um, the most important. If I did not have a relationship with the Lord, I could not have made it through this. Um, my parents both um, know the Lord. And just knowing that, that someone is bigger than what we face sure, and that there's a purpose in what we face yes. um, and that he can get us through it. Um, so that was number one. Secondly, um, in your clinical work, working with cancer patients and now working with cardiology patients, how important do you believe faith is in a clinical environment? I think it's vital. I think it's, again, number one. Um, I, I was blessed here to be able to talk about faith openly at Cancer Treatment Center. So America. as a faith-friendly organization. Yes, it's a faith-friendly organization. Not faith-based, but faith-friendly. Faith-friendly, faith absolutely. And so many times patients um, would bring that up, and we, we are very open. Um, where I work now, um, it's it's not as, as faith-friendly, but it's still friendly. Okay. And so if a patient wants to speak about it, we are allowed to talk about it. Okay. And so I have often prayed with my patients and mm. um, and just get, um, help them with um, battling the, the emotional and the spiritual aspects um, that come with facing chronic disease. Yeah. And so, and I, I believe it, most of my patients um, will tell me that that was the most important thing for them. And why do you think that that's true? And again, I'm not asking you to be a, an expert from, from an observational perspective. Obviously, you're biased to a certain extent, and that's okay. <laughs> yes. Why do you think that faith was was one of or the most important aspect and again i want to be clear we're not talking about in substitution for clinical care this is while receiving their clinical care why was faith for many of those people one of the most important elements and aspects to their journey um well i can probably speak for myself more in this um, but also for some patients um to me god is wisdom you know, he, the word says that he is all wisdom mm. and we needed wisdom. We need direction. We also needed peace yeah. and the Lord is peace. Yeah. And so, um, everything we needed, he has. 
And so his guidance was, was absolutely vital. Do you believe at all in any way that there is a conflict between faith, spirituality, religion, and medical, medicine and science? Not at all. There is no conflict at all. They work very well together. In fact, I felt like God guided everything. Um, he guided me finding out I had cancer when the test even didn't show it initially. Mm. You know, he guided me to know what doctors to select. Mm. He guided me to know what treatments to take and which ones to turn down. He guided me knowing how to care for myself and how to how to talk with my family. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every every step of the way, he guided me in my job yeah. and, and when to pull back and right. went and, you know, what type of work to do. Yeah. And um, just everything. What say you to individuals who may stand on the sidelines and still say that faith in a clinical environment potentially can offer false hope to people? Oh, I am. Um, I, I think that as, as long as it's grounded on the word of God, the truth. Mm hmm. It will never give you false hope. Okay. And so, um, you know, sometimes people will, um, sometimes I'll make the statement, I don't know if I'll get cancer again in the future. Okay. You know, we know that, that you know, I understand treatment and yeah. I understand how small cancer is. You know, one billion cells can fit in this in a pea-sized lump. Okay. So uh, they're so small, we can't often see them until they're big and where you have to deal with them. Yeah. And so I know that there's a possibility that even though they feel they got everything, there still may be some cells that sure. grow. So I do my due diligence. Um, um, but I trust that God is in control. And, and if God allows me to have cancer again, mm -hmm. then I know that he'll either cure me or he will help me walk through it, but there's a purpose for it in my life. So I don't let it scare me. I used to be petrified. Mm. I was terrified, honestly. Mm. At one point, I, I even remember asking the doctor to slow down and what he was saying, I thought I was gonna pass out. And I'm a nurse. Okay. <laughs> and I feel like I'm a, um, I'm a, I have a strong faith, Yeah. but I was really scared. Yeah, you was overwhelmed? Yes, very overwhelmed. And so, but that, God has just replaced that with his truth. Have you, at any point, in your journey uh, as a clinician, as one who has provided care for cancer patients and one who has walked on the other side of that journey as a patient and one who served as a caregiver for your mom, at any point did you ever doubt God? Were you ever angry at God for this this thing called cancer at, at, at any time in this journey, in this process? No, not at all. God was very clear that he was using it for our good. Yeah. You know, I, I would have never thought it was a good thing. Um, um, but in, in my father's life, he used it to humble my father and bring him to himself. Wow. In my mother's life, he used it to restore many broken relationships that mm. she had. Mm. Um, in my life, he used it in an instant to show me that the things that I was worried about were nothing and, um, and to get my priorities straight. So, you know, God will use anything. He will. And, you know, and so cancer, it, it is a devastating um, condition, but it can also be a door, um, a door for healing uh, or a door for my parents yep. to, that goes straight to the Lord. So, <laughs> Well, I've often said this, and, and I appreciate you because, again, you get to speak from a, a perspective of, of great credibility as one who has been on both sides of that table and one who has been a caregiver for both parents, that God is an opportunist. And I know that that disrupts a lot of people's theology, and that's okay. But at the end of the day, God is an opportunist, and I heard you say that very clearly. And we need to just simply be able to embrace and walk with uh, 
the Lord as he's walking with us through those opportunities and scenarios to mend relationships, uh, to to bring people to a place of, of submission and wholeness mm-hmm. uh, in terms of their relationship with God and others. So there's a lot of dynamics to that yes. that, that becomes a very powerful moment. Uh, in our closing minutes that we have, two things. Have you ever experienced a day in supporting a cancer patient where you went home and said, wow, I saw God do some things today that I can't explain. A moment, an experience. Not We're not going to share any patients' names. And we're not going to give any personal health information. But you walked away from a medical clinical scenario going, that was the hand of the Lord today in this situation that you, you're comfortable with sharing with yeah, the audience. Sure. Um, I, I remember um, one, situa- one scenario here right before I left, um, I decided there was a I got to work early. They were having a, a worship service in the morning, like a, just a morning prayer time. Mm. And I thought, what a great way to end my last yeah, day absolutely. here. So I I sat down and, and I have to tell you that I was doing a, a job instead of teaching. They were working with me to try to lower my hours a little bit before I left. Yeah. And I somehow um, got put in a position of answering phones um, and doing a case management. It doesn't sound like a big job answering phones, but when people call in and they have chronic these horrible conditions and you've got to weed through all of the medical yeah. record, their conditions, and try to advise them on what to do mm-hmm. in their current situation, you really need some expertise. Okay. But what happened was um, that day I, they were singing and the man in front of me saw that saw me came in and he handed me a just a flyer with the music on it. And so we sang the song, they said a prayer, and then they opened up the floor for people to give words of testimony. Mm-hmm. And the man in front of me turned around and looked at me and he said, I know that sometimes God gives us angels, real life angels. And he said, this person was my real life angel. And he pointed to me. I had no idea who he was, but he saw my name tag and he realized that I had talked to him on the phone and apparently he was um, needing treatment and he wasn't able to get here. He didn't have transportation. There were some concerns with, with getting him here and he was exhausted. It was his last effort to be able to get treated. Okay. Um, when he spoke with me, I was able to arrange that transportation and get him in and make sure that he had a nurse who was with him and, and um, could stay with him mm-hmm. and, and um, a caregiver and so on. And because of that, he got treatment and it cured him. Wow. Yes. So I, it makes me laugh because God uses us and <laughs> um, he can redeem anything. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. He's, a, he's the redeemer of time and yeah. in every scenario. Last question for the day. That's an amazing story. What's one thing that gives Eileen hope? Not the only thing, but what's one thing that drives your hope today? You've been through a lot. You've seen a lot. You've experienced a lot. What 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 drives your hope? What gives you hope? Oh, you're gonna think this is such a church answer, but you know the Bible talks about He is our hope. Jesus is our hope, and you know I really do feel like we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. and um, and just remembering that that God is a good Father that he works out all things for our good, mm. you know, that gives me hope yes. that no matter what I face, he's bigger and he knows what's best. He'll guide me. All I have to do is follow his lead. Today you've heard from Eileen Stanzel, who is a former Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, employee, uh, a 20-year nurse, nurse educator. She is a breast cancer survivor, 
Both her mom and dad were cancer patients. And today uh, you've heard her speak her truth of what God is and has done with her and continues to do today. We salute you. We thank you for your journey. We thank you for your faith. Thank you for your compassion. And may the Lord continue to bless everything that your hands come in contact with. Thank you. Be thou blessed on this day. (laughs) Thank you. We'll continue our conversation with our host, Percy McCray, in a moment. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or call one of their friendly oncology information specialists at 866-712-HOPE. Again, the number 866-712-HOPE, H-O-P-E. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Eileen Stansel, what a very special person. A nurse of 20 years, working with oncology patients, uh, whose dad uh, received cancer, died of cancer, mom diagnosed with cancer, died of cancer, and then she herself diagnosed with breast cancer. She could have walked away. Easily. She didn't have to continue helping people. But because she is grounded and rooted in the idea that, number one, that God is good all the time in all situations, uh, simply reinforced the belief that God will use this in any negative situation, uh, that there is a purpose to all that happens to us, helped to rechannel and refocus herself, and is still serving patients today now as a cardiac nurse, but with the belief and the hope that God is good in every situation at all times. And she has lived through many circumstances to tell that story with some credibility, my friend. Yeah, it was great to hear her tell the story of the man who turned around and said, you know, pointed at her and said, this is my angel. Uh, We're so unaware of the impact we can have. And and short of heaven, we just don't know all the stories. And at the end of the day, that's why, again, we've talked about this before, willing the ministry of presence, just to be willing to be present wherever God may place us, we have no idea the assignment. Yeah, she was transitioning, answering telephones. As, of, of all things. <laughs> and and because of just being willing and obedient, she was present at a certain place at a certain time that God used for someone in ways that she had zero idea that she continues to stand and believe that no matter what, when, or where one is positioned, God is using and can use all to work for our good. And there is a purpose to all that happens in our life. As I listened to Eileen, one thing that uh, she taught me really was what a different perspective we get once we've gone through something like she's been through. Well, it's interesting when we have to get and sit on the other side of the table, when we are the people receiving that information or that news, uh, though we may have been in the trenches as one supporting or hearing or understanding that, it's a little bit different when it's our turn and we have to stand underneath the heat of that hot of that spotlight. 
Uh, but again, she made the point very clear that she understood that God was an opportunist, that there was an opportunity here somewhere, and she simply needed to dig in and dig deep to find that opportunity and reinforce herself back with the Word of God and with the faith of God that it would buoy her or lift her yeah. and carry her through. So, Eileen, if you're listening, thank you for taking the time to talk with Percy. Eileen, we love you, and we thank you for your mission and your statement of faith. Continue to bless God's people. Now, before we go today, I really want you to take advantage of the free resource we're offering. It's called Integrative Cancer Care. It's available at healthhopeandinspiration.com. It can answer some of the questions we all have about what does integrative care really mean and how uh, would I benefit from it? So check this out online, Integrative Cancer Care at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Speaking of inspiration, why don't you take us back to Scripture? Well, again, we referenced it, Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for the good of them who love God, and here's the important piece, and who are the called according to his purpose. Part of all of the things working together for our good is understanding that we are the called according to a purpose or the purpose that God has assigned and associated to our life. Today, your life has meaning, value, and purpose, and as a result of that, All things, all good things and all bad things will work together for your good because of that purpose. Well, thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McCray, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, I guess we'll see you next time. Yeah, you know what we got to go do? We got to chop some wood, my friend, because there's work to do. Get busy. All right. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.